No matter how well you eat or how much you exercise or how well you sleep, if you aren't managing your stress, your symptoms from your autoimmune disease or diseases and chronic illness will never improve. Food is the foundation, but it's only the first step. I love food. I love talking about food. There's so much to talk about, but it is not the only facet of health. I'm a holistic health coach, and that means that I address things in a holistic way. I address health in a holistic way beyond food. Food is usually the immediate need to figure out for my clients since they are in a health crisis. So I always address that first because, again, it is the foundation. But I can't stop there. There's so much that goes into being healthy. There's so many different facets. One of those absolutely is stress. And that is the topic of today. How we take care of ourselves mentally and emotionally is just as important as physically. So today, I'm going to walk you through what the research tells us about how stress impacts autoimmune disease and chronic illness onset and symptoms, plus some truly simple strategies to help you mitigate and manage stress effectively. Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook. Let's dive in. The inspiration for today's episode is from last week's client testimonial with Belinda. She shared how much chronic stress played a role in her health crashing, and SIBO was how that manifested, and the amount of work it took outside of medication and diet to really restore her health and to start feeling better. You truly cannot and won't feel better. No matter how great your diet is, how many supplements you take, the medications you take, how much you sleep, how much you work out, if your chronic stress and reaction to stress is not addressed. I've seen this in my own life and I've seen it in the lives of my clients. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that 2020 was stressful before the pandemic even started. And then it came to a head in 2021, I was able to chug along for a very long time. And then in October, my health started to crash. I'm still working on recovering from this and stress management is my top priority right now because that is the missing piece. That is the piece that I need to figure out so that I can regain my health again. When it comes to managing autoimmune disease and chronic illness, there are three things that you absolutely have to address. They're non-negotiable. You have to address these three. You do not have to address them all at once, but you have to address them all. Food, sleep, and stress. 
without those three things, it doesn't matter what other modality you're using, herb, pill, massage, acupuncture, whatever, it will not work well for long or maybe even at all if those three are not addressed. Now, before I talk about my four seriously simple and effective stress management strategies, I want to give you some science on stress and the role it plays in disease cause and management. First, let's talk about the stress response and its purpose. I think it's important to know that the stress response in our bodies is designed to keep us safe and alive. It's protective. Up until modern society, it would save our lives from attack. We would encounter a perceived threat and then the hypothalamus, which is inside of the brain, sets off an alarm in the body. This alarm, the signal, prompts the adrenal glands to release a surge of hormones, including adrenaline and cortisol, right? Adrenaline increases the heart rate, elevates blood pressure, and boosts energy supplies. Cortisol, the primary stress hormone, increases sugars, glucose, in the bloodstream, enhances your brain's use of glucose, and increases the availability of substances that repair tissue. Cortisol also curbs functions that would be considered non-essential or even harmful in a fight-or-flight situation. It alters the immune response, suppresses the digestive system, the reproductive system, and the growth processes. This complex natural alarm system also communicates with the brain regions that control mood, motivation, and fear. Let's chew on that for a bit. It suppresses the immune system, digestion, and reproduction. It also impacts mood, motivation, and fear. Okay. So now if there's a perceived threat, like an animal watching us or something, this happens, the situation plays out, and then it's over, the stress is gone, the body relaxes. Done. In our modern world, we rarely have to worry about this. Our perceived stresses tend to be much more frequent and thus it can become chronic. It might be work. It might be one or many relationships. Maybe it's your commute. Uh, if you work in customer service, it might be daily interactions with customers, might be finances, things like that. These are chronic stressors. So the body stays in fight or flight response for days, weeks, years, maybe our whole lives. Some of these things we have control over, some of these we don't. But this long-term activation of the stress response system and overexposure to cortisol and other stress hormones that follow can disrupt all of your body's processes. When this starts to happen, certain symptoms can develop. Things like anxiety, depression, digestive problems, getting sick often, blood sugar dysregulation. And dis by dysregulation, that means you typically your A1C goes up or and then it bounces all over the place, right? Headaches, muscle tension and pain, heart disease, heart attack, high blood pressure, stroke, sleep problems, weight gain and an inability to lose weight memory and, and concentration impairment, brain fog, forgetfulness, right? Triggering an autoimmune disease, worsening 
symptoms of autoimmune disease and chronic illness. And this is just a few of the things that can occur under long-term chronic stress. Incorporating strategies to mitigate stress and the stress response is truly essential for your quality of life. It's non-negotiable. You have to get this figured out. Thankfully, there are ways to reduce stress immediately while you are also figuring out long-term solutions to actually address the root cause of your stress. 99% of us can't just drop everything, move to the mountains to sleep, breathe, read, nap, and eat food that we don't have to cook or hunt for and have zero responsibility or interactions with people. I mean, let's be honest, that pr- sounds pretty amazing. I'm, I love people, so maybe for like two or three days, um, but most of us can't do that, right? So let's get started with the really good stuff. Let's grab your notebook and pencil because it's time to dive in. Number one, let me back up. These strategies that I'm listing right now, there's four of them. These are short-term strategies to mitigate the stress response. Okay, so these are the four that we can do right now to start bringing things down while we're addressing long-term solutions. So I just wanted to say that one more time. All right, number one, meditate. I know what you're thinking, and I used to also. Really, Marion? Sitting on the floor with my legs crossed, listening to some gongs with my hands in some weird hand shape is really going to reduce my stress and increase my stress resiliency? Well, you don't have to sit like that to get the benefits, but yes, meditation works. Uh, Here's some scientifically backed findings. A daily meditation practice of 5 to 20 minutes per day reduces anxiety by 60% and reduces the risk of hospitalization in those who have already been diagnosed with coronary heart disease by 87%. While most of us don't have heart disease, chronic stress increases that risk significantly. Remember, stress increases our heart rate and raises our blood pressure. You don't have to sit in a weird position. There are so many different ways to meditate. So one way you can meditate is called breath-focused meditation. My favorite way to do this is something called box breathing, where you breathe in for four You hold it for four. You exhale for four to six counts. Typically, four counts is the box breathing thing. And then you hold it for four and you do this four times. Four, 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 four. I've recently learned that the longer you exhale, the more nitric oxide is released. And it actually does a lot more for benefiting your health. But for the sake of ease, box breathing is four, 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 four. And you repeat that four times. Yoga. Yup. Yoga is a form of meditation. If you've done yoga, you know how much they focus on breath. And so this is considered an active meditation, which is totally a thing. So if you're one of those that you just can't turn your brain off, doing something like taking up yoga or Tai Chi that's very breath and movement focused can kind of help turn your brain off to where you can turn inward and you get the benefits of meditation. And then there's mindfulness meditation. So this is like a mental training practice that teaches you how to slow down your racing thoughts 
let go of negativity and calm both your mind and your body. So it combines meditation with mindfulness where you really focus on being in the moment. So an example would be like slowing down and um, while brushing your teeth and you're thinking about how the toothbrush feels in your mouth and the saliva moving around. I know that's kind of gross to think about, but you know, and then you're thinking about how maybe your cheeks feel being stretched or maybe the sensation of climbing into bed and feeling the sheets on your skin and then acknowledging the weight of the quilt or the blanket and maybe the air moving from your fan and how the pillow feels and things like that. So you really just get into the moment and you can do you can do it with things you're already doing without having to add more onto your plate. So that's number one, meditate, meditation. Number two is keeping a gratitude journal. By focusing on the things that we are grateful for can reduce our stress hormones by 23%. Now, I get it. This isn't always easy, especially when you're in the middle of a flare or just a really devastating, stressful situation. Sometimes all you can be grateful for is the air in the lungs, roof on your head, and clothes on your body. But as you learn to train your brain to be thankful for the little things in your life, your stress levels will go down and the things that you're grateful for will increase. Like you can start with like three and then all of a sudden your list will get longer and longer and longer. And, and then as you practice this, your stress hormones go down and it doesn't take very long. Going outside and taking a brief walk. It's a distraction from your stressors. It gives you endorphins, which are happy neurotransmitter and are natural stress inhibitors. Plus we get some vitamin D and we get light waves from the sun that help us sleep better at night and getting adequate sleep helps mitigate the stress response as well. And then I learned from a somatic therapy page that walking and the activation of your eyes moving back and forth also calms the the body and reduces the stress response so walking outside does incredible things and it's seriously so simple and you can do something like where you take a five or ten minute walk before work a five or ten minute walk on your lunch break and then a five or ten minute walk after dinner it doesn't have to be long to get these benefits which is awesome and you can start doing it like right now Uh, the number four short-term stress mitigation and management strategy is aromatherapy. Yes, essential oils have a purpose and there's science backing them up. Preliminary research shows that aromatherapy alters brain waves and behavior and it can reduce the perception of stress, increase contentment, decrease cortisol levels. Holy crap! A few oils that have been studied are lavender, lemon, clary sage, geranium, chamomile, bergamot, carrot seed, and rose. I personally really, really love bergamot. It's like my favorite one to diffuse. Um, Chamomile, um, I like it better than the tea because I think the tea smells like flowers and then all I do is taste flowers, which isn't as weird as it used to be. But you can do a double whammy by drinking warm tea and then smelling the chamomile tea as well. If you're like, I 
don't have essential oils with me right now, you can literally go to the grocery store, get some chamomile tea, and get started. So that's the four of them. These all work effectively immediately. Like they're super effective, especially meditation. But we can't stop there. It's a Band-Aid. It's effective and it works and it helps mitigate the stress response immediately and all day, which is super awesome. But you have to address the root cause of your stress. Okay. These four are tools to use while you're also figuring out what's going on and addressing it. It might be that you need to go to therapy to guide you through processing trauma or negative self-talk and self-sabotage. You might need to make some hard decisions regarding your job. You might need to learn how to A, establish healthy boundaries and then B, communicate them in a way because I used to and I still well, used to. I still do struggle with this because boundaries can feel mean. And I don't want to be a mean person, Um, but learning that boundaries teach people how to treat me and also help me treat myself good is a very loving thing to do. That's kind of a tangent, but it's something that I'm working on right now. Maybe you need to keep going to different doctors until you find one that will listen to you and help you with your health stuff in a holistic way so that you actually get relief. There's a vari- there's a million things that can be stressing us out, right? And there's also a million ways to address it and resolve it to the best of our ability, right? Or f- get a healthy mindset mindset towards these things that maybe we can't escape, right? Like we can't just not work. We have to have money, we have to have food, we have to have things, right? And now I will say It also takes a team of support. Don't be afraid to reach out and have multiple people helping you in different ways. It might be that you have a doctor or two, plus a health coach, plus an acupuncturist, plus your Reiki master, plus, you know, um, a, a psychologist. Not only is this okay, it's normal. It's normal to need a multifaceted approach to handle what life is throwing at you. You're not weird or there's not something wrong with you by having a team. My clients who were the sickest had several professionals on their team. They're also the ones that became symptom-free and stay that way the longest and have very mild short-term flares when they do come up. They're also the ones that know exactly what they need to do when these flares happen to nip it in the bud quickly. This isn't an overnight process. You didn't get sick overnight. You're not going to heal overnight. It takes a lot of inner work, but I promise you it's so worth it. If you would like to have a health coach on your team, I would love to be that person for you. I would love to meet you where you're at right now, judgment-free, give you the tools that you need and help you find the people that you need to help you get healthy. I'm really, really good at that and that's what I do. 
And if you'd like to just talk more, open up the show notes and click on Discovery Call with Marion. It's totally free. We meet over Zoom for like 30 minutes. We get to talk about what's going on and I can share with you how I can help you. Quick review. Stress is a normal response. Chronic stress is debilitating and can make and or keep you sick and symptomatic. It absolutely has to be addressed in both short-term and long-term strategies. And then the effective short-term strategies we talked about were meditation, gratitude journaling, getting outside and going for a walk, and aromatherapy. Food is the foundation but it's not the whole picture. We have to feed our soul and nourish our emotions and our brain just as much as we do physically. Look forward to seeing you guys back here next week. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www roadtolivingwholecom backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.